What's up, y'all? This is DJ Jack. Welcome to Anything Goes. This is my makeup episode. There will be another one this week, I promise. Um, I've been really thinking about a topic to do for the week, and I think that the topic that I'm going to do today is just on people that don't know how to drive. So, I got my license back in 2000, and I want to say nine. So I've only been driving for about, if you do the math, I've only been driving for around almost 10 years. And um, for a lot of you that may be listening, you might be like, hey, DJ Jack, that's not that long. It's not. Um, but the reason why I'm talking about crazy driving is because I'm seeing more and more of it every single day. So tips for being a good driver, because I feel like this education is so important. Number one, if it is raining outside, please, Please, please use your lights. Use your blinker, whatever you need to do, use it. It's important, okay? I want you to start using your blinker. It's crucial that you, I mean, not your blinker, your lights, sorry. It's crucial that we see you on the road, especially if it's pouring down rain. I need to be able to see you. If I can't see you, there is a problem, okay? Use your lights when it's dark outside and use your lights when it is cloudy and it's hard to see. Number two, when you're turning lanes or you're turning a corner or you're trying or you're in a four-way stop and you need to figure out and people need to know which way you're going. If you're not going straight, if you're turning lanes, whatever the case may be, you need to make sure that you use, oh, see, someone didn't even use it right now, switching lanes. You need to make sure that you use this little stick that's like, to the right of your to the right in the back of your steering wheel it is called your blinker it indicates which way you're going to go it lets other people know that hey i need to get over or hey i need to get in this lane it lets the other drivers know yo i'm trying to turn it's very important that you use that because if you don't people don't know which way you're going if you switch a lane and you have no idea what you're doing, and you say, I'm turning, people not gonna know what you're doing. They're gonna be so lost and confused. They're gonna be like, what's this person doing? What, what are they doing? Seriously, use your blinker. The next thing that you need to learn how to use is your brakes correctly. If you see a car, two cars before you, that is not stop, that is stopping, that tells you, okay, I need to stop too. If you don't stop, you could get in a rear end collision. You could T-bone another car. I think you get the gist. It's gonna be hard for you to get back on your feet after T-boning a car. Step four, when you're pulling into a spot, don't pull right up on the next person. Please make sure that you leave a little bit of space just in case that person needs to go to their trunk to put something in there. Don't pull right up on a car. Don't do it. Step five. I don't care how fancy your sport car is. If you're going down a lane and you're trying to turn, don't go all slow. Nobody on the road cares about your car. I'm so serious. No one on the road cares. They're just trying to get from point A to point B, okay? Don't cut me off. Don't go slow when you try to turn in front of me. I'm not I'm not impressed with your Mustang GT convertible that is, that is red on the outside with red leather seats. Although that's my favorite car, I'm not impressed with yours. So you just need to keep it moving. The next step, if the light is green, 
that means you need to go. Right now I'm observing an intersection of a road and there are still people that have yet to be moving. The light just turned green. Immediately as the light turns green, that means that you need to go. That does not mean that you need to stop. That does not mean that you need to hesitate. Green means go. Yellow means you can slow down, but that doesn't mean you need to completely come to a complete halt. Yellow means you still have some time before the light turns red. So if the light is yellow, that doesn't mean that you completely need to stop. That just means you need to make sure that you get through that intersection before the light turns red. The next thing that I want to emphasize with you is leave a little Jesus room between you and the car you're either trying to get in front of or the car that you that is in front of you. Do not get right up on the car's bumper. That will freak not only the person that's in the passenger seat out, but the people behind you as well. You may even get a little anxious because you're right up on that car, okay? I see too many people getting right up on the next person. And you know what? That causes accidents. That causes collisions. That causes people to have to be towed away. Leave some Jesus room between you and the car in front of you. Right now, the car behind me has left plenty of room. The car in front of me, I've left a little bit of room, so just in case he needs to stop for whatever reason, he can. Make sure you leave some Jesus room. The next thing that you need to do is please, please, please make sure that you don't double park in parking spaces. Make sure that you're actively checking to see if you're in one spot, not two, not three, not four. I've seen quadruple parking where a person parked in four spaces. That is rude, that is selfish, that is bougie, that is greedy, that is all the things that are wrong with people that drive, and that makes me question whether or not you got your license at the MDA. If you don't know how to stop, if you don't know how to park, you ain't got no business driving. If you can't parallel park, please don't attempt to parallel park. Too many people attempt to do things they can't do, and I'm going to tell you another example as well. If you can, if you're not proficient with backing into a space, why try it when there's a bunch of people waiting for you? If there's someone waiting to go down a lane, or if you're in a apartment complex and you live in a cul-de-sac and somebody's holding you up because they trying to back into a parking space just pull up into it first and then try to back into it okay no need to hold everybody up because you want to back into a space you're not impressive my father backs into spaces all the time it's not impressive i've seen it many times so you really not impress me with your backing into the spot skills yes that takes skill no i'm not comfortable doing it but i'm not impressed with your take on it Okay, I've seen it all the time. My dad does it literally every single time. The last thing is, please make sure that when you turn your car off, that you turn your lights off as well. Please make sure that you also leave your keys in an area that is not in your pants pockets. Too many people's car alarms go off for whatever reason, maybe because they pushed the wrong button or something. Please make sure that your keys are in an area where the, it won't, the, the button, um, the emergency button, <coughs> cannot be reached the next thing and the final thing that you need to make sure that you do please don't cut people off I see way too many people cutting each other off now I understand if you're in a rush and you're trying to get somewhere but don't be a jerk to other people try to be generous you know let people in be a generous driver if anything when I went to driving school that was something that they really stressed and emphasized was 
be a good and generous driver. I see too many people on the road today being mean and nasty and not really sharing the road with other people. Be nice, be kind, just be generous, you know? Um, share the road with bikers, motorcyclists, mopeds, what have you. Be generous, share the road. Too many people are selfish, they don't think about anybody but themselves. That's the kind of mentality that technology has kind of brought up in us, songs, media, whatever. It's brought up in us that we can only we only need to think about ourselves. When you're on the road, you have to think about yourself and everybody around you. That doesn't mean that you have to speed up because someone's gaining on your back. No, that means you can slow down. Um, you just need to make sure you are conscientious of other people as well. So, share the road. Be a generous driver. Let people through. You know, sometimes be kind even though you don't have to be. Make sure that you watch pedestrians. Too many people drive right through pedestrian crossing. It's crazy. I don't like it. I actually hate that when people do stuff like that. I really don't recommend doing that because then people will get the wrong idea. Like, oh, this is acceptable. This is okay. I'm going to do it. No, it's not okay. When you cross through a pedestrian crossing, you're not, you're saying, I don't really care about other people. Okay. So take my tips for driving. If you've never driven before, these are just tips that I've noticed that people don't typically do or things that I do. Um, if you're looking to buy a car or you're looking to find a car, you want tips on customizing it, you know, comment on this. Maybe I'll do another episode about customizing cars, whatever. Um, until next time, this is GJ, DJ Jack signing off. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Anything Goes. Welcome to the show. This is DJ Jack. I'm so excited today to be with you all. I have two pieces of good news for you. Um, number one, it was the last day of work for me for the year. Yay! I'm on to bigger and better things next year. New um, work environment and new place. I'm actually moving this summer. So my podcast will probably be even more scattered than it already is. I'm sorry. I'm going to try to like make up some episodes that I have not done yet this week So not, because I'll finally have some time. Um, and also, this podcast, Anything Goes by DJ Jack, is also available on Google Podcasts. I just got the email today and the notification from Anchor that this is now available on Google Podcasts. It is also available on Apple Podcasts um, and some other providers as well. For the complete list, go to anchor.fm and you can see the complete list of the pod- of the available podcast platforms that this is on besides just Anchor. I like Anchor though. Listen to it on Anchor if you can because it gives you all the different segments I put in. I feel like you all are very cheated if you listen on another platform because I actually creatively put a different intro song every day, um, just kind of relating to or pertaining to what I'm talking about. So like when I did the Driving 101 podcast, you were brought in with the song Cars by Gary Newman, like just little funny things like that. Um, so if you can listen on Anchor, Anchor um, it's a free app. You can listen and you can create your own podcast. I love it. It's so user-friendly. It's amazing. If you're new to making podcasts, guys, this is the app to start using. Obviously, if you know you use CastBox or CastBox or Podbean, go ahead and keep using what you do. But Anchor.com, Anchor is a really cool app as well, especially if you're looking to start your own podcast. I totally recommend it. Um, so today I wanted to talk to you about 
my job that I do besides making podcasts. So I actually do podcasts like kind of like a small hobby of mine. I haven't been doing it very long. It's not my livelihood, as you can tell, because usually nowadays when I'm doing that, I'm in the car. Um, so my podcasts aren't of absolute high quality like they could be. Some people do stuff like this for a living. I do not. Actually, I'm a teacher. I'm a school teacher. I'm not going to tell you what grade I teach. I do teach primary grades, um, and I do teach mathematics, and I do teach science. Um, and I've really enjoyed doing that for the past three years. Obviously, I've had some tr- struggles and triumphs along the way. Um, I've been teaching. I'm coming on my fourth year, which means that I'm probably going to be eligible for tenure. But I have to see if I am just because... I'm switching counties, so I don't know if I'm going to have tenure next year or not. I hope I do, but, you know, it is what it is. And the county that I'm going to actually honors how many years you've been teaching and pays you based on the years that you've been teaching. So that's really cool. Um, anyway, I just want to talk to you briefly about teaching and, like, what you can expect if you want to become a teacher. So classroom management is definitely something that you learn on the job. It is not something that you learn while you're student teaching. Student teaching actually does you a disservice because when you're student teaching, you still have another person in the room. You don't really learn how to really set rules and set the tone until you have a classroom of your own. This year, I finally got a handle and a grasp on like actually following through with the consequences that I set forth. And this year was actually the first year that I've had a consistent... um, class and on a consistent basis and I can talk about that in another episode um, because that'll take up like one episode alone I feel like Um, classroom management is something you learn when you actually become a teacher yourself Um, the first year is always the hardest the first year was very difficult for me Um, the second year was even worse for me so I feel like the first two years that you teach it's gonna be really difficult but for some reason year three has always been a great year for me Like the sophomore slump, you know, that comes in, you just feel kind of a little bit lazier. The first year is always hard because you're starting out a new job. You're learning really how to be a teacher and and climb the ropes. And year two, if you, you know, if you have a a different principal, if something happens, something hits the fan in the middle of the year, which it happened for me, um, then it can make that year even harder. Year three, you kind of already have a grasp of what you know you need to do and how you can be effective. So I feel like year three is like the sweet spot. You know, you get a better grasp on it. Obviously, you're still going to have a lot to learn. You know, I still have a lot to learn. I need to really learn how to effectively organize and manage my time still. And I'm about to enter my fourth year of teaching. I really need to work on being organized with my things and my like folders and binders and everything like I'm just getting better at being an organized person at work at home it's a different story but at work I'm like really learning how to be an organized uh, teacher it's very important to be organized when you're doing uh, teacher work because you always got to be ready to pull something out you always got to be ready to show parents like work samples and everything so there are just different ways to organize things that you can show to parents um parent interaction I wish there was a class on how to effectively communicate with parents. Most people, if not all people, learn that on the job as well. Parent communication is very key and very important for your success. Um, even if you don't have parents that are completely involved, and I know for the past three years I have not had very involved parents, like they've just kind of been on the side. And I don't know if that's because I never really asked for help or if it's just because they just kind of say, okay, you're on your own, you know. And I'm teaching a younger grade next year, so I'm kind of excited to get more parent involvement and have, like, parents 
in the classroom more often. I'm really excited for that. I hope that happens. Um, I'm trying to think of something else that you, that's kind of important. Parents, so, so uh, we talked about classroom management. We talked about parents. We talked about the first year is always the hardest. Um, I would say like whatever you're teaching content wise, as the years go by, you tend to get better. Um, and if you decide that you want to switch grades, I recommend either you go like some grades down or you go some grades up. Um, my team teacher actually is moving up like by three grades. So um, she's teaching in middle school next year. I'm trying not to tell you the grade that I taught. She's teaching middle school next year and I thought that was insane. Um, so yeah, I think that's crazy. She's gonna be a middle school math teacher and I'm going to be teaching a younger class, which I actually think I'd be better at because I actually can connect with little kids better and they they don't have as many attitudes as the older ones tend to. I've had three years of the same grade. And the older ones just, every single year, it just seems like they're getting more like grown. So I'm kind of glad to be leaving that grade. Anyway, um, I don't know, really know what else to say that I haven't already said. The first year is the hardest. Management is important. Communication with parents is key. Um, you also want to learn how to have like meaningful relationships with your students. You know, a lot of teachers come into the job and they're like, I got to really focus on the content. But really what I've learned from my years of teaching, and I, I've always thought of this from the get-go, you want to develop a relationship with, with your students. There was a great great woman in education, Rita Pearson, who, bless her heart, is no longer with us. The late Rita Pearson once said, um, students don't learn from people they don't like. And it's true. You know, if your students don't like you, it, chances are they will not learn anything from you. Um, the same is true if they really like you, but you're not very full of content. You're full of fluff. If you're full of fluff and not full of content, they're not going to really learn anything from you. So you need to develop like good, honest, trustworthy parent, I mean, teacher to student relationships. Another thing that I was just thinking about, which is also true now, especially in today's education setting especially with like all the stuff that we go through as teachers and the stuff that kids bring into the classrooms every single day, you have to be ready to wear a million and one hats. Um, I know that in like the past, like teachers have worn different hats, like being a counselor, it has increased a lot with the events that have happened in today's society with the dynamic of family settings th these days, you know, it's just lack of parental involvement in a child's life, whatever the case may be. Um, you have to wear a million and one hats because parents will not always teach their children how to do everything. So sometimes they just leave it up to the teachers to parent their kids. It's kind of sad. I've had to parent many kids in my years so far. It's really sad, um, but that's just something that happens. I'm just warning you that's something that happens all the time. You're going to have to learn how to parent kids, and it sucks. So you're also learning how to be a parent at the same time. It's the worst um, you're gonna have to learn how to be a counselor because, uh, yeah, counseling is the thing that happens when you're a teacher. You have to resolve conflict with students. Students may come to you. If they trust you, they'll come to you with stuff that's going on at school, what they think of themselves or stuff that's going on at home. You gotta be ready to give solid, sound advice to kids. 
You also have to learn how to be a manager because you're managing a bunch of kids at once with different needs, different talents, different abilities, and different ways to learn that they prefer. Um, we're definitely moving away from the assimilation type of education, which means that kids really have to all learn the same way. We're definitely moving away from that cookie cutter method. Um, and I appreciate that. It's a lot more work to do like different modes all at the same time. But really, what people and new teachers really don't realize is when they go to PDs and they learn like, oh, you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to do all this stuff. New teachers tend to freak out because they think I have to do all this stuff. But really, if you just like incorporate it all into one lesson, which is what new teachers now especially always do without even thinking about it because it's so wrapped, it's so engulfed in their blood and in their system, they're trained to do it. You actually do teach kids all different modes at once. You know, when you incorporate a lesson, you always incorporate different things. Another thing that um, is important about being a teacher is that you are really, um, I don't know, you just really held to a higher standard, especially in today's society. Um, there's just so much more that you have to do now that you didn't have to do like five or six years ago. There's so much stuff about news, people in the news that um, is kind of unfortunate. There are so many teachers that have kind of fallen by the wayside just because, you know, a lot of people just don't care anymore. Um, and really, teachers are held to a higher standard by society and by the news and just by other people. People are so quick to judge teachers. And I, you know, I hate that. I hate that people are so quick to judge teachers because teachers are the first people you should not judge. If you judge anybody, it should be like everybody, it should be like our, our leaders, our quote unquote fearless leaders because they ain't fearless leaders to me. Um, you just really have to watch out. Be ready to defend your job. Um, that's something that's very important. Whether it's like at work, you know, Parkland shootings, the San Antonio shootings, especially if you're doing like high school, you have to be ready to defend for your kids, your life maybe. But even like at a, on a smaller scale, be ready to defend your job. A lot of people have an opinion about what teachers are. And really, if you've never been a teacher, you don't know what it is to be a teacher. You have no idea what it's like. And I really hate when people just kind of say, oh, you know, I, I could be a teacher. You know, those who can't teach. I hate that. I can't stand that. That that, that gets on my last nerve. Um, so be ready to defend your job. Tell them what it really is. You know, a lot of people assume that educate, that schools are not safe. But I always have to, I always find that I, when I talk with my friends that have no idea about education, I always find myself on a soapbox saying, yo, like, you don't know unless you're actually in it. They're actually good people. I mean, there are some people in schools that, you know, will bully and taunt you. But there are actually people in the schools, like students that care. There's staff that cares. You just have to look for them. And you really have to, like, value and, like, evaluate schools. If you're going to be a teacher, please do this, especially my new teachers. I learned this the hard way. Please check out your school before you sign with any school. Don't just do a phone interview and sign a contract. Look at the school. Watch a lesson that a teacher is teaching. Watch how the students interact with that teacher. See what's going on. You know, you you don't really know you, if you are going to like a school until you actually see um, something going on. You know, stay in the hallway when they go to transition, when they switch from classes, when they go to lunch, when they go to recess, when they go to gym, whatever it is. Just see how the school is and then make your decision from there. But overall, 
be a generous, kind, caring, compassionate, selfless teacher. Those are the kinds of people that we need in today's society. And those are the people that we don't really see that often because everybody else is so busy trying to be perfect with the curriculum and the content. Yeah, knowing content is one thing, but having a heart is more important. What teachers really have to think about now is how can I make this student a better person so they can make a better living for their life? Um, my mission statement of my school that I'm leaving this year, um, one of their things is to make a living in a life. And I do believe that. I believe that teachers are in students' lives to help them live a better life when they get older. They train them to be more independent people so that when they go home to see their parents in the summer, their parents don't have to watch them every single second. You can tell who's been taught to be independent and who has not really learned anything from being, like, doesn't really care to learn. Hasn't learned or doesn't care to learn about being independent. You can just tell who cares and who does not care. Be a teacher that cares. I will see you all next time. If you have any other questions about being a teacher, since I've had, I have like three years experience, hit this girl up. You know I'm up to talk to anyone that needs it. Um, this is DJ Jackson and off. Y'all have a great day. God bless. Peace. Happy summer. I'm so excited. Y'all take care now. Bye-bye.